Today is going to be a special Sunday. Not only do we have communion, not only do we have the first Advent, but this is the first time I've actually introduced my own father to share the message with us. And so um, there's a leadership guru out of Fuller Seminary. His name is Dr. Bobby Clinton. And he spent years and years and decades studying different leaders of the Bible, over 900 leaders in the Bible that he looked at. And here's the stat. Here's the statistic that only 30% of leaders in the Bible finish well and finish strong. Close to 65% don't finish strong. They've fallen along the way. And my dad, my father, who was a pastor and, and still is a pastor, planted a church at 72 years old. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he's 76 now, and he's still going strong. He's like the Filipino Superman. Um, but anyways, so he's going to be sharing to us about hope. Um, specifically, 3 John chapter 1, verse 4 says that there's no greater joy than to see that my children are walking in the truth. I think Mary, in her womb, had hopes of who Jesus would be. I think Joseph, as parents, we have hope, we have aspirations for our children. How many of us have that? We want the best, and we have hope for our children. And our hope um, is in the Lord Jesus Christ and his return, but specifically in regards to our children, that we would have the singular focus that we want passionate Christ followers for our kids. Not successful, not educated, not responsible, but man, all these things will come under... Uh, alignment when our children walk with the Lord. And so with that, could you welcome up Pastor Joe Danganan? Come on up. Wow. My feeling is beyond measure in the sense to see the youngest among the four is doing well, and we thank God for his life and Renee and all these uh, three kids. Thank God for that. Uh, we had been married for going 47 years, and I, I've been in the ministry for 54 years, and I told Pastor Jan Jan uh, two Sundays ago, my wife who has been with me for the past 47 years as pastors, and she went through an episode where it was an ordeal. And uh, she was asked to testify last Sunday in our church. We meet in a hotel. You meet in a school. <laughs> But I left a church near downtown LA, big, I mean, we occupy one block fully paid to a story when the Lord impressed my heart time to pass the baton. You know, I, going back, I really impressed, I was really impressed at touched by Pastor Janjan. Last minute, I tried to twist his arm to accept the LA church. Okay. 
But his calling was so strong that he was so sure and certain that God called him and the family here in Hawaii. And uh, it was a struggle for me to pass the baton after pioneering it, starting from nothing. To where, when I left, you know, three services, it's considered one of the biggest churches in that area. And uh, my wife shared her testimony that really touched everyone in our anniversary and Thanksgiving two Sundays ago. And I felt like uh, she would, that you would all be blessed, we'll all be blessed to hear what God has done. So I'd like her to come, the mother of Pastor Jan Jan and the other three kids. <laughs> and the grandmother. <laughs> I'm here to declare hope. Because <coughs> emotional because my youngest boy <laughs> <laughs> the baby of the family <laughs> in a way life came to switching home when I woke up on July 4th 2017 at the ICU of Kaiser permanent because I've never been hospitalized in my life for illness. I was hospitalized twice for giving birth to my two children and the other two at home, <laughs> personage, including your pastor. <laughs> because life was hard then in the Philippines. And I I thought I would enjoy my retirement with a healthy body and travel the world. And I, I prayed and I, it seems that the Lord didn't tell me, it seems that I'm getting worse. Three weeks ago, I went to the, we went to the neurologist and he said that my cerebellum, that is the base of my brain, has shrunk and he showed me and my husband on this computer that swing almost an inch. So I, you know, I was, you know, if you were ill and you've never been ill before, it seems that depression will set in, hopelessness, and worthlessness. But then, where else would we go but to the Lord? Amen. Where else would we go but to this word? That gives us strength. And I was reminded of Job. When he was seriously ill, his, his friends, his children, everything was gone. Everything were gone in his life. 
And the wife said, Job, I don't think it's fine for you to be worshiping God, curse God, and die. And he said, woman, shall we just receive what is good from the Lord, the bad, we, we are not going to, we are going to forsake them. And the one striking thing that Job said was, I know that my Redeemer Hallelujah. lives. Thank you, Lord. And I'm reminded again of the, another scripture. When the, when the three Hebrew children were about to be thrown in the fiery furnace, The, the king said, I know you, you will be thrown there. I know your God will deliver you. But the three Hebrew children said, we know that our God is able to deliver us, but if he is not going to deliver us, we will not bow down to your image. Meaning to say for me, even though I'm not healed, I will still serve the Lord. I shall worship the Lord. I'll still be the kind of person that God wants me to be. For God has a purpose in my everything. Because you have to grapple with the idea of the fulfillment of scripture which says all things work together for good. Amen. What good is going to happen to me? I could not hardly walk. I, you know, I need assistance. And I was expecting to be healed because many were healed in our ministry. But then God chose to, will I then settle in depression, in the pits of, of, my, of the darkness of my situation without going to the Lord and forsaking everything? And that really encouraged me, the three Hebrew children, because when they were thrown into the fiery furnace, it was heated seven times. The king was astounded, astounded to see that there were four men walking unbound. Mm, Meaning to say that only the feathers were burned. But they were not burned. They were there with the turbans, all their clothing intact. But it was not burned. Not even a smell of fire was on them. Brothers and sisters, you might be here today. And you're struggling in your life. Life is not fair. Because is this what I get for serving the Lord? Why is my health failing? Why is my relationship falling apart? Why is it that I am financially in distress? I'm declaring hope to you today that God is faithful. Life is never fair, but God is faithful. Amen. He will carry you through. And I'm reminded when Habakkuk in his... I was also reminded of this scripture that... It greatly blessed me when we first started in LA with nothing. Not even a relative, not even a place to stay with four kids in tow. 
13 years old was the young, oldest, and Janjan was then eight years old. We don't have any place. But then when I read the scripture, it says, though the fig tree will not blossom, that there will be no fruit in the vine, yet I will rejoice in God. Amen. And joy in the God of my salvation. I was waiting in carriage because of that. It helped me through the years of hardship and difficulty. I'd like to offer, uh, sorry, because part of the shrinking of my cerebellum is I'll be having slurred speech. I'm not supposed to. I think I've been a good speaker. <laughs> but then, it will not stop me from praising the Lord. Even though I find it hard speaking now, sometimes words are hard to get, back, to get out of my mouth. But then that will not stop me from declaring the goodness of the Lord. Praise the Lord. And the Apostle Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says, He asked three times that the thorn in this flesh would be taken out or rebuilt. And the commentator said that the thorn in the flesh was sickness and his eyes or something. But did God heal him? No. He said, My grace is sufficient Amen. for you. For your weakness, in your weakness, you will find strength. So if you are in that situation, wherever you are in your life, where you feel that life is not fair, that your family is struggling, you know, I could declare this today because my daughter is not here, because Three days after my surgery, where I was recuperating at home, I heard, overheard my husband and my sister talking that my doctor was in the Philippines and she had a nervous breakdown. I told her, I thought all my children are okay. But we, there were no, I just, I overheard him say, if it were in Manila, my sister could help. And my sister said, if it were in my province in Davao, she would be helped by our relatives. It seems that it, there was hopelessness, that nobody's around to help her. But then I got up my bed and said, let's pray. Because God is everywhere. And praise the Lord. You know, your pastor prayed too. He said he spent 30 minutes on his knees praying. And God delivered her. God made her completely well. That now he teaches in a in a public school. Whereas before he was, she was teaching in a private school. See, God overruled the situation. Amen. Thank you. You see, when you don't have any place to go, anywhere to anywhere to call, God is there. And there's hope, there's power there's in the presence of the Lord. Those of you who have needs this time, and you're in a situation where you, you are hopeless, situation where you don't understand, 
situation where you, you see that life is unfair, I want to pray for you if that's okay. Yes, yes. Can we bow our heads? Thank you, Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus, you see these people that are here, they are here for a purpose. I'm here for a purpose. We are all here for a purpose, Lord. Amen. To hear from you. Lord, to see with our own eyes. To hear with our own ears. What God is going to do with people who come to you. Who consults your word. Thank you, Jesus. We pray, Heavenly Father, this very moment. You know these hearts that are broken. These hearts that are longing for answers and they could not find answers. These that have in their hearts feel that there is no hope, that life is not fair. I pray their Heavenly Father that you will touch this one in, in the, Jesus' the, mighty name. Thank you, Lord. This morning in the name of Jesus, yes, Lord. that the Holy Spirit will move mightily. The Holy Spirit, I pray that the Spirit of the living God will fall upon us in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, that you will open our eyes, open our hearts, that today we'll be able to perceive, understand that you have a purpose, that life is not fair, but you are faithful. You are good. You are merciful and gracious. Amen, Amen. Full of compassion, abounding in mercy. Thank you, Lord, that you are here to encourage us, to strengthen us, Lord, to get out of our depression and know that God is able to deliver and to heal. And thank you, Lord, that even though we don't get what we ask for in prayer, we know that you know what is best because our fathers knows what is best for his children. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're going to do and for the victory in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I am under submission. <laughs> I said I have five minutes left. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have many things in my heart, but uh, due to time constraint, I just try to say a few words. Hopefully that it will bring about a new level of experience a new degree of awareness of God's plan for our lives. Uh, I have two theologians here. One, one a graduate from Wheaton College, and then one from Life Bible College. We are blessed because uh, our family as my wife has mentioned, we started to start a church in, you know, LA is huge, big. 
We don't have relatives. We don't have a, a house to stay. We don't have any a sort of uh, friends to help us start a ministry. We don't know where to start, how to start. There was no orientation. It's just pure calling from God. And looking back to where we are now, may this be an encouragement. Pastor Jan Jan has witnessed it. Pastor Joel has witnessed how we started. The first congregation that we have, I have four kids, so four members. <laughs> And then, that time they were not yet married, so there were no grandkids. And then, I met a security guard, a Filipino. I invited him to church, second possible church attendee. And then I, attend, I saw a lady wait, waiting for a bus, Ilocana, Filipinos uh, Ilocana. And uh, I invited her. She came. I still remember, know their names. Then someone told me that there's a doctor from the Philippines, but very serious in, in, in L.A. So I invited him. I rather invited, I visited him. I was surprised when I saw him. He got scared. He wanted to get off from his uh, bed. And then... I prayed for him, and the Lord touched him, and he started attending the church. And then I asked him one time, how come you're trying to, to, to get away from your bed? He said, because when you came, I saw you in my dreams that you are coming. See the power of God. Now the whole family. So the first convert is security guard with a daughter. So that's already two. The second was... A single woman waiting for a bus, three already. And then this doctor who was instantly healed and then has a daughter, became a friend of our uh, daughter, Julissa, and the wife. So we started the, the ministry with 12 people, <laughs> 12 apostles, 12 disciples. Going back, just to encourage you, we went through a lot of challenges, but to me, challenges are divine ways for promotion and to witness what God will do. The Lord has prospered that ministry, and one of the greatest things that has happened was my two sons here, Joel and Michelle, uh, rather, Joel and Jan Jan. The Lord called them into the ministry. What more can you ask, right? Then the other one became a prominent lawyer. Others, when they say, oh, lawyer, they are happy. But me, we are happier to have two, two of our sons pastoring a church. Amen? And then we have an only girl. She's a, a teacher in public school. So today, with the five minutes I have, I'll just read the scripture, okay?
the Lord has impressed me just to give the outline, uh, the, the, main, the topic to you. Your focus making room for Jesus. In 3 John chapter 3, 1 to 4, can we arise? Is, are, are they on the screen? Okay. Can we read this together? Beloved, ready begin. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you, that you may be in good health as it goes well to your soul. For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, testified to your truth, and indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear my children are walking in the truth. Can I hear a big amen? amen? How many parents that are here? Isn't it when your children are walking in the truth, living the truth, serving the Lord, there's no greater joy, right? Amen. But it grieves the heart of a worker or the pastor. Here it is the Apostle John. When you hear your kids are not walking in the ways of the Lord. So quickly, I'd like to present to you the topic about pursuing spiritual prosperity. You know, America is bombarded with this prosperity gospel, right? Huh? You visited. <laughs> Prosperity gospel. Name it, claim it. But uh, the focus of the aged uh, Apostle John, he was the only one living among the 12. And he, the, he was the last one to die. He was praying for his friend Gaius that he would prosper materially and be in good health to the same degree as his soul was prospering. I, I believe it is God's will, otherwise John will not mention it in his prayer, that God's, God's will is that we all prosper. But it's, our priority should be where? Material or spiritual? I've seen it, I've been a pastor for 54 years. Others, they got wealthy very fast. Before you know, you could not find them in church anymore. I have an experience when we are new in LA, there's a young lady every day said, pastor, pray for me that I'll have a car. She was already employed. She was faithful, even prayer meeting. And one day she said, thank God the Lord answered and she has a car. I even blessed the car. The following Sunday and the Sundays after, we could not find her in church anymore. She was busy driving, going to Las Vegas, going to all these different places. <laughs> I would have said it's better that I did not pray for a car. <laughs> okay. But the priority of the aged Apostle John is that we as followers of Jesus Christ will experience what I call spiritual prosperity. 
When you become Christ-like in your ways, and you become an attitude like Christ, walking in truth, walking in love, living the truth, living the love. But in the process, as you remain faithful in the Lord, I guarantee you, by the authority of God's word, God will also prosper you materially. But that's not the most important. Number one is your spiritual walk with God. When God can trust you that, be, that you'll be faithful in whatever resources you have, you watch out, God is going to prove that he's going to pour out your resources to us. We are uh, living examples here. We started without a place to stay. Could you believe? First night, we don't know where to go, and we found a, a small hotel. <laughs> All kids are small, and we don't know where to go. I was petitioned by the Foursquare, but the sad thing, the one who petitioned me when I arrived, he was taken out for moral failure. And there's a new supervisor that didn't know me. I went to his office, he did not even show up. I was so depressed, I was so, uh, I don't know how to feel, I want to just, you know, do something that's crazy. Because how will I, where will I will stay? I have four kids with me. Where will I, LSB, where will I start? No orientation. The guy that was in office, he, he did not even get out from his office to, to greet me. If you were on my shoes, how would you feel, you know? I was petitioned by the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. When I came, no one met me, no one gave me any orientation, and we no one even recognized me. Very tough, right? But that's where God will prove that he's God. Amen. Looking back, here we are, 20, how many years you are, you know? 31. 31 years already. But in the blessings that we got, we remain faithful to the Lord, even if there was no help from the district at first, even if there was no place to stay, we remain focused, evangelizing, starting a church. And by the way, to, God's, to God be the girl, the church became, what they, at that time, they call, they call it the biggest pill American church. We have three services on Sunday. I baptized more than 300 people from a humble beginning. But the point is, I did not allow myself to have that bitterness or, or dislike or the negative feeling against the denomination. I remained faithful to the Lord with my wife. And from that six in the family, me and my wife and the kids. Imagine today, we're already 16, including the grandchildren. <laughs> Isn't that a blessing? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And after retiring three years ago, many were questioning the wisdom. I started pioneer again in the, near Disneyland. <laughs> so try to visit us. Pastor Jan Jan preached there. We, live, we, we meet in uh, Holiday Inn, and we thank God for that. Now, uh, Pastor Jan Jan, 
I have to obey you. <laughs> I, will, I know we'll have communion. Uh, so, just give you the main outline. Prosperous soul walks in love and truth. Okay? A spiritual a maturity is manifested when you walk in the truth and in love. You can know all this, the theological teachings, but if you don't live in truth and in love. And then, walking in truth requires knowing the truth. Who is the truth? <coughs> okay. Jesus, the totality of truth. What is the opposite of truth? Lies. Who is the father of all lies? Satan. Then walking in truth requires growing in the truth. You might know the scripture, but you need to grow in the scriptures. Your spirituality should grow. And then growing in truth results to what I call growing in love. Growing in love. These are the three things that I, I plan to do a uh, little explanation, but I have to stop now. Make your spiritual prosperity your priority. Others will follow. Amen? Amen. I, last statement. They said, it's a dangerous thing for Christians to have lots of money. And look in the scriptures, there are men and women who fell along the, longs, along the way, wayside because of money. Money is a blessing, but don't make money as your master. When you make money as your master, he's a terrible master. But when you make money as your servant, he's a good servant. Right? We all need money, but make prosperity, spiritual prosperity, your priority. Amen? Thank God. God bless you all. It's a pleasure to see you. First time to preach without even looking at my outline. But thank God. <laughs> I'm used to be three-point speaker. But um, this is a special occasion, so I thank God. And we, from our hearts, me and my wife, I'd like to say to the work, to the leaders of this church, for showing Pastor Jan Janine and the family your love, your care. When you do that, you are doing it unto the Lord, and God is going to bless you in return. I appreciate you for that. I know that great things are stored for you because you are a man here who is committed in following God's direction for his life. Okay? God bless you.